0: Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's <laughs> what we always want. <clears throat> and yeah. I want to have some Nicorette gum. Get the right treatment. Get the right treatment. Mike always adds that. I always forget that.
1: I just, get the right treatment.
0: I think we talked on the last podcast about what the right treatment is. It's kind of hard to say <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but well, yeah. I'm, a- well,
1: ask. It. <laughs> I'm
0: hoping some of the dialogues we're having. I hope people don't take it as offense, and I hope some of my friends that own rehabs and you know don't take. I think it's certainly something I think about. I don't want to only be doing this bullshit marketing fucking shit. I want to help people, right? right? But it became such a game, right? And one of the things that drove me to get as involved as I have been the last four years is such shitty treatment centers were, were so profitable. They were having such success. And I thought, and God, at least... And expanding across yeah, the country. Expanding and, like, and I thought, well, at least if you're going to be that big and have that volume of clients, it should have some semblance of clinical quality. That was the idea of aloe. Let's do things the right way, the old fashioned way, the the way that Dr. Drew taught me, the way that that Gloria Scott taught me, the way that Buddy Arnold me. let's have that like that's going to be expensive. So we're not going to make as much money as the fucking places that we've mentioned before. (laughs) But you're still going to make a shitload of money. You know what I mean?
1: You don't need 500 beds.
0: But just have a high quality staff. You know what I mean? Like, don't I just, lie to people, you know, just tell them the truth yeah. and, you know. And so that's the only thing I tried to do. And then it just drags you in like the yeah, Godfather you know, part three.
1: But, but, you know, even when you have good intentions, because I've seen it happen where I am, where you bring in people to help with. Uh, communicating your idea because you can't go just, you can't just go buy people. You can't just have any old call center refer people to you. It has to be your people. So when you got people that are doing what they call outreach and they go and they lie because they're salespeople at heart, no offense to salespeople, but they're always sweetening the deal a little and, 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 you know, top and little things. Well, th- does it have this? Oh yeah, sure. It's got that. Yeah. With my wife. But people have
0: always said to me, like, how have you stayed relatively uncorrupted well i always say the same thing because of mike because of (laughs) because no truthfully because of anthony because of pete weiss because of my friends that i had i'm not surrounded by a bunch of people i met in aa in sobriety who all work for me I'm surrounded by people that constantly belittle me and put me down <laughs> and, and ah, terrorize woo. me. They do. They traumatize me every day. Well, you have Aww. to answer. You have to answer to Wait. your own
2: little community. Your yeah, own I personal have to, little exactly.
0: Community. And and they don't tolerate bullshit. My friends, my circle of friends that we, you know, and it's been Thelonious Monster Week these last couple of weeks, and we're gonna talk about that. Uh, but please. um my we met like i met mike mart probably in what 85 84 82 82 83 that's a long fucking time to know a motherfucker i doubt any rehab owners in orange county have known anybody who they really account to and have community with and have communion with and listen to that they've known 35 years. It's all people they've known the last five, six, seven years that they met in rehab and that they, they started business with. That's what the whole thing is about down there. It's all, and, and the people who fund the rehabs are people that they met in rehab, and it's all just, it's all just wrong right <laughs> okay. and so so yes and it's going to be corrupted because nobody has any sense of what's right so if you're all corrupting each other do you understand what I'm saying yeah so it started 20 years ago when when people started um, like you know saying oh Bob help me get in rehab Bob help me get in a rehab and P. Weiss was just sick of it right like you know that that so in in our men's stag he used to say if somebody had a if a newcomer had a question they he'd always say why don't you ask bob he's the fucking expert he's the one that you know what i mean and so then i was like i'm not an expert about anything stop and so that that really helped me so much you have no idea to have a community around me that would not deify me or or didn't even like there are certain friends I'm not going to mention. They think the whole thing of rehab is profiting off the 12th step. I have some real pure friends in, in our circle. I won't name them. but So okay. I've always had that kind of community to kind of write me, right? So are those people working
2: one-on-one with people still?
0: Yeah. Well, no, that's good. I mean, if that's the basic concept, most of them are very successful, famous musicians. Mm. Who doesn't want a famous musician to sponsor them? So I have friends that have always kept me righted and don't let me get out of whack. Plus, I I really have an aversion to um, advice. Either way, me giving advice or people giving me advice i just don't like advice right i so early on when somebody would ask me and and i could definitely feel that they were old felonious monster fans definitely you can see them because they're a certain age and they're 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 certain they're certain certain, yeah they're not really truly punk rockers they're like kind of weird their college, know.
1: college, all <laughs> yeah, like,
0: but older versions of that. <laughs> so I could tell, and I would always say, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Just I go to, and I would list the meetings I went to. Mm-hmm. I go to Tropical on Saturday. I go to Third and Garden on Sunday. I go to uh, to Chinatown on Monday. I go to the book study at at uh, at, uh, at uh, tr- Tropical on Tuesday. I go to Bates uh, on Wednesday. Or at that time, it was another another meeting called the Solutions Meeting on Rossmore. I go to Rossmore on Wednesdays. I go to Tropical on Thursdays. I go to to Third and Gardener on Fridays. So if you want to hang out and you want to talk, that's where I'll be. I never was like wanted to sponsor people or any of that. I just tell them where I'm going to be. So yeah, I'm always around. You can call me anytime. But I never was like, I'm the big sponsor guy. You know, we had friends that were into that. Mike wasn't into it either, right? But we had some friends that had book studies at their house with only their sponsees are invited. I remember I was out to dinner, like early, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, eating Zanko chicken with a friend of mine. And, I, uh, and he lived right up the street. And I go, I go dude, where, um, I think I had to go to the bathroom, actually. I'm always very poop conscious. So and, another, you know, another poop, poop episode. No, but, no, but uh, there was no Way reason. Way to talk about music, Bob. There was no reason I would want to go to somebody's house. I just said, hey, <laughs> let's, you know, let's, can I come to, I want to come over and hang out until whatever, for whatever reason. I said, oh, no, tonight's my book study night. And I was like, well, let me come. I, you know, I wanted to come. He goes, oh, no, it's only for my sponsees. I go, are you fucking kidding me?
1: Wow. That's I can't only. come
0: to your, I hope you get sober,
1: <laughs> and I can't come to your book study
0: because uh, you don't sponsor me? He goes, no, the other guys would feel weird. No. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Okay. So, so I had friends that liked sponsoring people. I never did. I only sponsored, but I didn't really sponsor that many people. I still only sponsored like two people. I think it takes a lot to sponsor somebody.
1: It does. It, it does. I, and, I, and I always shy away from it by going, you know, I'm not a real hands-on type of guy. Yeah. I'm not, not going to be taking you to dinner. I'm not going to be picking you up and taking don't you places. Don't
0: call me before 8 a.m. because yeah, I don't want uh, to talk well, to anybody that early in the morning.
1: Well, you know, like, and the fact is, is that that sounds selfish and people go, oh, you never say no to an AA request. But you know, when I was new sober and I didn't have a family, which I by by the way I think keeps us grounded too. Yeah. I think having a family can put you in your place because you're the trash guy, you're the you're the toilet fixer guy, and and you know it, it keeps keeps me in touch with what's important no matter what else is happening in my life. I think family is is grounding as can be, but. I mean, when you're brand new sober and you're running around, I hope you fall in love with AA or, tw- or whatever you're doing. I hope you fall in love with Refuge Recovery. I hope you want to go to meetings all the time and you hang out with those people. Because when I was using dope, I only hung out with people that use dope. I didn't hang out with sober people. So when you're sober, hanging out with sober people is vital. And I just heard that from you. You were in a meeting every night whether you believed everything that was being said, whether you, whether you no, I was arguing them. in most. Of them. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. I can't believe that. Time,
0: can I just tell you one of the greatest 12 step moments, I think in Silver Lake AA history, I was a part of. So, you know, a speaker, whatever the speaker sets the tone for the fucking meeting. Dang. I hate yeah. that. So this Thursday night meeting, uh, the guy was very spiritual, and everything's very spiritual, and it's all spiritual. And this really is just about getting back to God, and all this kind of stuff. And I, and people, you know, people knew that my blood was boiling, <laughs> right? And everybody's <laughs> making eye contact with me, like, "Holy shit, is Bob going to walk out?" Right? Because right. sometimes I would walk out just to make a point. But um, fuck but, you, Jesus <laughs> guy. Yeah. So, oh, so so so. I didn't, and I was kind of daydreaming. I was really tired from work. It was like when I was working at Millie's. I was just really tired. And so I wasn't even really paying attention. But then the sharing started, and he said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to hear your I- ideas about, uh, uh, you know, how you give your attorney will in your life, you know, because they can pick a subject. Mm. So then it was all God. It was okay. just God all night, and so and it was tag participation, right? So one, you know, it's very cliquish, those types of meetings. So all their friends pick all their friends, and, mm. right? How so, not annoying? So, so for some reason, out of the blue, I think one of the people that knew that I was hating the night picked me to share.
1: <laughs> they they wanted to liven it up,
0: <laughs> and I was daydreaming at the time, and. This guy clam was sitting next to me. He had to nudge me to say that they'd picked me, and I was like, because it was like you know sixty people, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm Bob, and I'm an alcoholic, and um, and for some reason, this is what came out of my mouth. Um, You know, if there is a God, uh, he can suck the butt juice out of my asshole. (laughs)
2: Nice, (laughs) room stopper. (laughs) Spiritual uh, AF.
0: And it wasn't... It, that was not an original statement that I said because I had heard Flea say it one time. So...
1: Your butt juice.
0: <laughs> butt juice, That's asshole. That's not even something I would say. Uh, I copied yeah, that... it from somebody else. <laughs> but I wanted to say the most offensive thing about God just to just to change the dynamic in the room. So Clam's <laughs> sitting next to me. He starts moving over. And I was like, Away? he, didn't, he, or he didn't want the lightning bolt. Yeah, hit the him. Lightning bolt hit him. <laughs> so then I picked him and he goes, "I right, whatever. And he goes, he goes, I just wanna I just want to get some distance in case the lightning bolt Oh, he did. He did. Oh, I was so clam funny. Clam was
2: so funny. But dude. you
0: know what? Everybody laughed. It wasn't a thing. you know, I, just, I was just that guy for like five right. years in AA that argued about everything about God. Mike was there. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then I just stopped. I outgrew it. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't give a fuck. Right? So, what, but what, what's really going on now in these last two weeks is Thelonious Monster. So, ah, there's so that. So, that's what I want to talk about tonight. So, Thelonious Monster was a band. Now, now, nobody really knows the history of Thelonious Monster. It started out um, with just four people. Two guitar players who couldn't play guitar. A bass player who could kind of play bass and a drummer who had never played drums ever in his life. And then me, of course. Right. So it was, it was John Huck was a bass player, Bill Stilwell, God rest his soul. Um, couldn't even tune a guitar. He didn't even oh. know. Remember that thing about this is insane, Mike, you heard about it. You <laughs> yeah. weren't there. So he was, when we record our first demos, he said to the piano player, can you give me an A? I don't even know what he was just trying to act like a musician. And then he was trying to tune this 12 string. And it was just (laughs) getting more and more out of tune. And so Brett Gerwitz ran the tape machine because it was so funny. Listen, we were all in the control room laughing because Bill was out there trying to tune. You gotta only not only tune not only the six, six strings. You gotta 12. tune those two right. and he just and he was so lost and it and he it went on for like the whole roll of a tape and they're 20 minutes. Oh, no. And at one point he goes, this is just insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and it's not like he could turn later on. You could turn to Mike Martyr, Dick Steny, or John Fashante to tune your guitar, right? There was nobody like he would have to turn to Chris no Hansen. Other, there, there was, was no
1: other guitar be like, player. Is like could better tune him 12-string. than me. Nobody
2: knew how to tune a guitar. We yeah, have to tune a twelve-string <laughs> uh, uh, octaves too. Each one has their right. own yeah. octave. And
0: so it started out as just these the nerdiest, weirdest people. Right? We all wore glasses. We were all, like, friends of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, except for John. John was, like, acquaintance. But, like, Flea and Anthony were my best friends, and they were close friends with Pete. Stobel was Hillel's best friend. Um, And Chris and I had known each other since high school, right? And we all went to L.A. City College. So it started as this weird thing.
1: College, right? College Alt Rock, there we were. Then,
0: for some reason, within the first six months of us starting to play... um, we became something to go see. I don't know. It was music that people were going to see. They, they Mike, what well, was the first time you ever saw Thelonious Monster?
2: Oh, uh, was it Raji's? Raji's? Yeah.
0: Was KK
2: in it? KK was in it. Dix was not in it yet. Um...
0: Okay, so we got a third guitar player that didn't know how to play. Yeah, <laughs> KK. Was KK he was a drummer and he wanted to play guitar.
1: And you said, He Good literally, idea.
2: Knew, he
0: literally <laughs> knew how to play three chords. Yeah, and he could play the shit out of them, too. Strumming. He wrote, he wrote the song Try. He had been playing guitar for like a year, and he wrote one of our best songs that we have ever written. So huh. let's tell you about, what is it? D-A-C-G, right, Mike? Dun, 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 dun. I don't even think there's uh a fourth (laughs) chord i don't even think there's an a in there (laughs) so but it got i don't know why but i was like i was enamored with darby crash so i would shoot drugs before i went on and i would get all drunk and i would cut myself and you know it was a spectacle plus we had a sense of humor plus we looked so weird right you know what i mean like, especially Stobow. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures. There's a picture of him in there. In the, like, Bob would yeah. show
2: up, and it would yeah. be hot already, but Bob would have, like, a jacket on, like some kind of plaid uh-huh. jacket with a big... Yeah, a big, tie, a tie, like, like a Bozo of, the kind of, Clown. It was
0: all his clothes,
2: man. And by the uh, yeah. end, it was all, like, sweaty all and...
0: Dressed up really and, funny. But what
1: year is that? 84. 84. You see, because I know, like, around... It wasn't long after that that it was like the thing that everybody was talking about, that it was like right. the band to see, the well, place Well, that's to what be. happened.
0: So what happened was we just had this, this, just, this, we couldn't believe people were coming to see us, for one thing, especially me and Chris. We, we're like, it's amazing. And we didn't even, we could rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And before you went on, you didn't even know if you were going to get a song off the ground. Literally. <laughs> right? So so we played the anti-club and Cathay de Grand and 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 it was just this interesting thing that like here's this guy committing suicide on stage. Here's this band that can't play. They play for 30 minutes. You don't even know if there's a song in that 30 minutes. And there's five guitar players. <laughs> and so so people started wanting to join because like we needed help, I think. What, <laughs> and people liked it. So first KK joined, then Dix joined. And then that's where John Huck says, that's when I felt like we were a real band. Like Dix Denny from The Weirdos is in our band. Like how did Dix, did, did, did KK approach him or did you? I think KK did. Yeah, and KK I think, approached him. I think, and you said we need a but sixth I think, guitar player? I think John and him were coming to see it. It was like something to see. Like it was yeah. pretty fun. And like I, I, I don't like to make claims that are too far afield but i used to wear dresses a lot right so you know i know there's very it's very popular nowadays that people are trans or whatever we have friends uh, mike and i have friends that that dress dress. i was doing that in 1984
2: i thought they were like kilts or something but i guess they were just (laughs) plaid. they were like plaid dresses huh (laughs) With like a jacket on, yeah, over yeah, it. and I and I was with the jacket, and I'd ride them?
0: my bike into the show and park my bike on like in Pee Wee Herman. A but, bicycle, yeah, a bicycle. <laughs> I only had a bicycle, so, so, so
1: while Judas Priest are rolling up, in, yeah, and they're at You're going,
0: so it was this just isn't? this really fun thing, and people wanted to be a part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So then, you know, we made this demo. Flea said, you know. We should, you should record something. And so we recorded four songs, and that was shocking to us. We sat there, and like, this is real. We do know what we're doing. If you got a lot of tries at it, you do know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Right? So we recorded this demo, and then Brett, who recorded the demo, said, oh, oh Spit Sticks produced the demo. Spit and Flea did it. Because we were like, you know, we were like seamsters. We knew everybody. And Spit was an engineer, and Flea. And we produced four songs, and then Brett Gerwitz heard it and said, I'll make a record with you guys. And so then we had to write more songs, and that's when it became a little more focused. Like, we got to write these other eight songs or ten songs. And then... And that's when all the fighting began. That's when the fighting began. <laughs> oh, no. Right? Because everybody thought we knew what we were doing. It was better when we we totally knew that we didn't know what we were doing. Right? Yeah. And so, so from that comes this... You know, people, people that are joining it just because it's fun aren't going to stay in it. You know what I mean? So KK and John leave to to pursue their careers in movies. And, and then, but it was still fun to be around. So then I believe Mike kind of, de- Mike just kind of hung out. Right? Yeah. You well, just,
2: you, you guys, I, I was in the studio when you guys were recording
0: the uh, the second, second album, album. Yeah.
2: the Bum in My Life. And that's performing.
0: when I was starting to do shows with Mike. I really felt like Thelonious Monster some joke, and me and Mike are going to go on and have this fantastic acoustic career wait, wait, right? wasn't it a super
1: long like bumming my life in a supreme fashion baby or so? baby Maybe you're, you're bumming,
0: bumming my, my life out, out in a supreme fashion <laughs> and if you notice succinct the, so so here's how weird a, a amalgamation it was the album cover is painted by Fab Five Freddy. Fab Five Freddy said okay. everything was fine. Because okay. was, I was working in an art gallery, and I hung his show, and then we became friends. And then he saw The Lonely Swanson and saw how fun it was, and he said, I want to paint your album cover. I want to do a painting. Huh. And the idea for the first album cover is we were going to we were gonna go to the studio where he was painting, and we are going to set up in a circle around him, and he was going to paint it. But it didn't ever materialize, and then he just... Listened to the cassette and painted the painting, and that painting that he painted is fat by Freddy's interpretation of what, what the monster is. <laughs> that's
1: cool.
0: That is so, so cool. So everybody liked it, and it was fun, and that's how I met everybody because everybody liked it. It was so fun, right? It wasn't serious. It wasn't like it, was, it wasn't like circle jerks or punk rock, or it was just fun, and you know. And so then we made the second mm. record. And that's when it got more serious and people quit. And then... Yeah,
2: actually,
0: that's when the was. That's when Was that, when the, was that beautiful mess? But then that's mm-hmm. when um, Stobau quits, KK quits, Huck quits. And so then, by that time, I'm buddies with Mike. I'm like, well, Mike will be in it. And then Rob Graves will be in it. And Dix will be in it. And that's when it became a real band that made Stormy Weather. Right? <laughs> so this thing that... Chris Hansen, who's the original. Now, wait,
2: I'm I'm thinking that Saturday Afternoon was was like the most amazing album ever, like with Tree and Sven and that. Yeah, that that was fun. When Tree was involved. But nobody
0: wanted to tour like me and Pete and Chris did. Me and Pete and Chris didn't have lives. Everyone else had lives, right? (laughs) Okay. I remember telling KK, you know, there's a chance we can go out opening for the Chili Peppers, and he said, have fun. And I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, I'm not going out of, what, being a band with you? Like, mm. no way. And so that's when it started to get like, okay, if we're going to be a real band, we got to have a real band. And so then, then people just dropped away and people replaced it. And then it becomes this real band when Mike and I's friendship grows into and he's acceptable enough to Chris and Pete. And and at the same time, Rob Graves from Gun Club is joining. So that fits with Mike, right? Okay. And so then... and dicks and we just made that record and even I was surprised I remember Mike was out of it but I remember sitting after we would record and I would do vocals and give the, dude like I this. was in the
2: studio like a lot of times when you guys never even showed up you always say it was me that wasn't showing up it was you guys in, <laughs> fact, in fact if you remember Bourbon Street Swagger which didn't yeah. actually make the thing was, was just me and John and uh, the
0: Paul DeGray okay and so, that was yeah. a big long so session that was record. set up and
2: nobody showed up so i was like well fuck i'll just do something you know so we
0: made this record and it was shocking while we were making it how good it was you kind of knew how good it was and then it was like holy shit this is a real thing so <clears throat> fast forward 20 uh 30 years later chris hansen moved to minnesota his kids are teenagers they don't like him anymore that happens it's happened to you it happened to you you know when you're a dad and you're full time dad and you're just there all the time and they need you and they love you as soon as they you know turn 16 they're just like uh, anyway, so Chris started reaching out to me about four months ago and said, I've been writing songs. Can I send them to you? And he started sending them, and they're cool, quirky, Chris Hansen-type songs. And so then he said, how about <clears throat> talk to Pete? How about we just get you, me, Dix, and Pete together and r- work on my songs? And so that's what's been going on that's on ah. the internet. So then that made hurt feelings for Xander and Mike, and and I understand that. And it could have been dealt with more diplomatically. I'm always a people pleaser. I'm thinking we're gonna do this with Chris and then eventually it's gonna run its course cause he's only here for two weeks. And then I brought it up, Xander, Mike should come in. Maybe KK, KK is supposed to come tomorrow. And just like, just add, you know, everything that it was over this long period of time. And that's what's gonna happen. It's just not happening in the most gracious way, right? And no, I'm I wouldn't sorry. Expect it and to. I'm sorry to Mike, but there's nothing about Thelonious Monster that's ever been gracious. It's always been. Like... I'm telling you <laughs> that my
2: feelings were not hurt. I, Xander's, totally... Xander's were. He Maybe told Xander's me they were. were. but I mean,
0: that's just ended, Xander but... was only in it at the end.
2: Yeah, I mean, I listen. I was in Thelonious Monster thirty years ago. You know right. what I mean? I mean, that's a long ass time ago. You know, you guys had the band before me, and you had the band. No, and but ago.
0: understand that we made. We made two records without Chris. He made. He was on the first three records. Then he quit once. Yeah, I mean, pop. I totally get it. I wasn't. I mean, he wanted. He wanted it. to get back to that thing of like, can we do this? And, well, and, then, then I'm a well, little Chris sad.
1: Is, I was hoping you guys would be playing.
0: Well, we're gonna play, but it's just a matter of it's taking a lot longer. What was surprising is how good it was in the first burst of like four days. It was pretty amazing, and then it kind of, you know. Kind of hit a wall, right?
1: Well, the newness, <clears throat> the newness wore off. But well, the
0: songs, well, we're also <laughs> we're also kind of, you know, Chris quit Thelonious Monster because he said it would had become a corny rock band, which I understand it did, but that you know. You can't stay quirky and interesting yeah, and naive yeah. and unprofessional forever either. It's called, it's take, called your, <laughs> take your pick, corny uh-huh. or quirky. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so someday in the near future, uh, Thelonious Monster Record will come out, probably around Christmas, I believe, probably. And then hopefully we're going to play shows um, next year in 2020. That would be cool. Right? That would be cool. But it's just... Being in a band, oh my God, I've gone through so many emotions in the last fucking 10 days, right? Where, you know, just the same old relationships, no matter how evolved you get, being in a band is like being married to five people who hate you.
2: Like oh, a, and believe me, Bob, I, I was not lucky. <laughs> <lying. laughs> That's exactly what I thought was going to happen, too. You know, I mean, you guys, we all have such a history, you know, it's not going to be a big joy ride. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no way, dude! It's been you know so, who's gotten I a mean, lot. But was let's telling just study it. Begin- let's just that's study. Why it. I was telling you in the beginning, dude. I'm a dad. I have three kids. I work my butt off, and I work for you, and I work for another place. And you know, I'm basically just work. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, me too. The, me too. Me you know, That, and I'm sure that.
0: Something will happen,
2: and we'll it's just, all going it to happen. Work out, it's fine. But
0: but this is why I try to talk about my life as bluntly and honestly as I can, because this is how life is. We get we get sold too much bullshit, so that we just believe that that unless things are idealized bullshit, that mm-hmm. something's wrong with the people. There's nothing wrong with us. We all love each other. We all respect each other. We all care about each other. We all have our wounds and our baggage and who we are and it comes out in that intense an environment we've been in a room for 10 straight hours with you know five <laughs> adults <laughs> how who rehearses for that long jeez baloney is fucking monster wow. with no heroin how about that
2: and i know exactly how it went to the same song over over and over and over, and and over, and over. that's times. why my
0: voice is like this i've been singing the same song two hours straight Mm. And, I'll, and I'll hit it right and you know what you try to do is get it where we see the potential of what it could be because you never you're never going to get it but you could just get a <laughs> glimpse of it like there's one chorus where and a lot of the songs are about modern times and there's songs about my contempt for millennials and songs about <laughs> oh, <good>. about <laughs> oh, good. you, know, you all this stuff that I talk about here are there songs about poop? <laughs> There's a couple mentions of poop. Really? Yeah. Right. Because you did write that song, Dog Shit. I had a song called Dog Shit. So, so um, and, and so th- there's this one song where it's saying, you know, and this is about me and about idealized stuff. Like when dealing with all this stuff of the kids in cages and Trumpism and all the division and all the hatred, you can do one of two things, which you and a bunch of my friends do is try to limit your exposure to it, right? doesn't make it go away doesn't make it not there and pete came up with the greatest thing which is i believe he said i believe in love but sometimes you need baseball bats right and i love that so i i wrote this chorus it says uh, uh it's like a bridge chorus that says they say that love is all there is well i don't know about that they say that love is a, because really oh literally how would progressive liberalism love everyone bathrooms for everybody how <laughs> would that how would that interface <laughs> ah. with nazi germany how would that go over like how would and i hate to be so gross and violate the un, untouchable how would martin luther king or gandhi come up against the nazis Because because when you're going to do that kind of peaceful resistance, you got to know that the person isn't going to chop your head off,
1: right? No, put a bullet in your head. We we know how that worked for Gandhi. I mean, they shot for the thick of the crowd.
0: Yeah, but but for years he was right. Meeting the British, then it's slaughter. But understand, there's a lot of that idealization What is it? Idealization. (laughs) There
1: you go. Of
0: of. Peaceful means that I've believed for the last twenty years. I don't know that I believe that anymore. I don't know that I believe that. I believe that somehow something's. Uh, you're gonna have to fight fire with okay, fire. Okay,
1: but be careful. Just be careful. With
0: what you I'm say. not. I'm not <laughs> saying do violence. I'm saying you need somebody that's gonna go toe to toe with with Trump. Right. You need somebody that's not gonna back down because he touched somebody's butt.
1: Yeah. You know. I don't. I don't think. I don't, Al Franken is a I've, pussy. Can I've, you just say that? I've, I've been watching. I've been watching. Al last... Franken
0: should have never resigned. I, well, yeah. Fuck that shit. You're going to beat Trump and these fucking dumbasses doing shit like that? Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. And that, so, so the idea that this song is saying, you know, I believed in love. I don't think love can conquer this kind of shit. I don't think it can. This is ignorance. Love doesn't conquer ignorance. Right? right education does right
1: okay that's fighting fire with fire right
0: right stand up to them no i'm not resigning because i put my hands like this on. that was ridiculous what al franken did it was ridiculous
1: are you calling him out right now
0: <laughs> i i just love him he's a, he's a he's a witty intellect that yeah. we need on our side to fight this bullshit
2: yeah but he was being pressured from the inside yes and i'm saying
0: i know and i'm saying that time. shit needs to be stood up to like, and say go fuck yourself that's, well, that's what, what they're this, doing now but, that's what biden's t- kind of trying to do but nah. we'll see we'll see it's, it's, We'll they're trying to do yeah, that it's kind he's kind of too late well yeah the button out of the bottle maybe Right. So, anyways, this this idea, and I realized it in writing this song and trying to impress those guys and trying to do this thing. That my views are now in transition. I don't know that I even believe what I believed before. I because I because it's easy to be a progressive liberal idealist in a kind of Obama world.
1: Well, in an internet world too. But how does that hit? Oh, the Oh, that's another part. Guess how does that hit of, the street?
0: Guess what? One of the verses is what hashtags ain't never going to change the world. True. That's the fucking truth. Your Instagram and
1: Facebook Facebook memes aren't going to change anything, (laughs) man. Because
0: (laughs) only people who agree with you are watching.
1: Right. And all all it does is it just makes it as sad as the news.
0: So so anyway, so the record has kind of got glimpses of that. There's a song called Buy Another Gun that on the first verse, it seems like it's all progressive... You know, so the solution to school shootings is more guns, blah blah. blah. Then I turn it on its ear in the second verse, and it's all how stupid liberal ideas are, right? Showing that it's both that are irrational,
1: right? So you're you're doing a left hand right hand thing. I like that. Yeah, uh, I like. So it'll idea, be an
0: interesting album because I mean, to be honest you can't
1: just swipe at one side anymore. And that's why I've been stuck. I've been stuck reaching at both sides going, you're lame. You're lame. You're lame. You're lame. This is lame. This is lame. And there's nobody, there's nobody making any sense because left is only, is they're not pointing out their own faults and getting it together. Right's not pointing out their own faults and putting it together because they're, they're winning right now. They don't kind of, they kind of don't need to. They're just relaxing. Well, I I don't know.
0: I don't know anybody. I don't, I don't even want to know a human being who thinks it's okay to put children in dog kennels. I, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Wrong is wrong. And, and it, what Pence did the other night is the most disgusting thing. What, what did Blame the Democrats for the dog kennels. Like, mm. ah, it's a stretch. You're in control, you're in power, you're in charge. You built the kennels it's the Democrats' fault that there's kennels. That's a little far fetched, uh, you know. Uh, but anybody who's on the who doesn't like uh, you know the Democrats, they've got to agree with him. Instead of call bullshit, that's bullshit. You're a fucking right. lying well, sucking uh, of and, shit.
1: And, and the and the same way, I, I don't even know there. I remember when the, when that whole thing first happened, people were going, "Well, they should have thought about that before they crossed the border." I mean, it's just that the most ignorant.
0: There are laws, and I, I know, I met hundreds it's so, it's, of people and I said this, there were laws enacted by Ronald Reagan that entices people to leave Honduras, leave Nicaragua, because that's where it was originally for, El Salvador, Nicaragua, this asylum seeking. Reagan invented that law. It has been too hot to touch. W wanted to touch it. W wanted immigration reform. You remember? Right. That's what he ran on. But, oh, no, oh, no, you love the Mexicans if you, if you want immigration reform. Oh, no, you know, or, or, oh, you're Hitler if you don't want immigration yeah. reform. <laughs> and that's where we're at, and that's where we've been at for 30 years with immigration reform. Okay. So that's why we have the problem we have.
1: And, I, and, I, and getting back to, to where you were with all that, where we went with it, is that I like the fact that— You understand
0: that asylum was not developed into law by Barack Obama. It was developed into law by Ronald Reagan.
1: Okay, so it needs to, it needs to be fixed. But nobody wanted to fix
0: it because they don't want yeah. to fix anything.
1: Oh, I think people are afraid of losing their careers so, more than they are so of making positive change. So a lot a of the songs,
0: change. some of the songs about that, and then there's a beautiful song that's just about being here with my children, and it says, "And the creek runs through the front yard, and water is pouring out of an old garden hose, and you can hear the, hear the children's laughter ring through the hills." right because that's my life right but but my life is not paramount to everyone else's life that's what's wrong about america right now i i i have a beautiful life and i'm grateful for it and thankful for it but we still owe our brothers and sisters good lives too that's what america used to be when i was a kid right Mm -hmm. and somehow it's like fuck you if you don't got a creek running through your front yard you're fucking lazy or (laughs) <laughs> fuck you or fuck the government. The government's making it so I can't have a creek running through my front yard. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Instead of like, hey, brother, what can I do for you to help you out? What, maybe you should go back to college. Maybe, you know, or, or maybe I'll, uh, you know, But what Buddy Arnold did for me. He said, listen, I'll pay for you to go back to school. Because one thing, I never wanted to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. So I was certainly never going to pay $6,000 to go to school to become one. Doesn't and he cost took that, much that obstacle a junior
1: college by the way. for a lot less.
0: Well, I went the fast track, you Of course. Know of course. Bobby don't fucking go for Bobby two years. Bobby don't play no ride junior college. I for 6 months, 4 uh, days, what? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 3 days a week uh what was it? 4 hours, 4 hours and 6 hours. 14 hours a week for 6 months. Boom certified nice certified bitches
1: that's how we do that's how we do oh but you know I, you, mean, I, you I didn't
0: was, just go
2: online and find the uh the um the online don't i didn't even know for, how to do no online. that's how i became a priest <laughs> that's a totally different trip
0: and Can you become a priest? Wait a minute. Can you become a priest? I'm a pastor. Easier than you can be a chemical dependency counselor? I'm a pastor. We were riding our bicycles
1: through the Catholic Church on our way to the park. We went and saw Queen Nation. They do a great Queen tribute show, but they were over at Miles Score Park. So we we rode through the Catholic Church parking lot, and it said priest parking only, and I told my wife, I could park there. I've got a clergy card. Oh, my God. And she goes, that's not what it means. And I said, yeah, but I could, because I am.
0: Because you are clergy. But Let me tell you one thing. When you bring up Queen Nation. So I've seen cover bands that are better than the original bands because I've seen the original bands. (laughs) Yeah. I'm telling you, I saw Queen, it wasn't that great. Now, nobody's going to say it now that the biopic and whatever. I saw Queen on the News of the World tour, and I was disappointed, right? I mean, you're never going to be disappointed with Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever. But they played their songs too fast. Roger, Roger, whatever his name is, Taylor, not that good of a drummer. Speeds up. <laughs> Does he? The songs were way faster.
1: Oh, I believe it. Right, adrenaline. You know and, who is a cocaine. great drummer. <laughs>
0: you know who's a great drummer who sounds just like the record, the ACDC drummer. Oh, that yeah. band was. Fucking They were phenomenal. locked on the speed and just right there. But you know the Phil Rudd. To Is spe- that his name? Phil Rudd?
1: I don't know his name
0: of all. The of drummer all of ACDC, Mike. Look it up. Greatest drummer ever. Boof, back boof, bah. For two and a half hours. I think
2: there was I think there was more than one. You think drummer. there were multiple? Yeah. Yeah,
0: but these these guys have had
1: fifteen years. They they just celebrated fifteen years of doing their set however they wow. do it and they they do it all over. It was really good. But I, I think what what I wanted to allude to was that you talk about songs being important, and I love to see you putting that into your craft. Phil Rudd. Phil Rudd oh. is the drummer of ACDC. Still? No,
0: maybe. I, I mean, they don't even you have You can't have
1: thing. a 60-year-old playing drums, can you? Unless yeah, it's I jazz. Yeah, he's
0: still in there. Angus Young. So, so but because, uh, you know, because now we're talking about thinking of playing and I don't want to be corny and stupid and... You know, so then we made these kind of ideas, like we'd play Pink Pop because we have to go back to Pink Pop and do it right, in the one that's in the movie, and then and then play around here for a while, and maybe play San Francisco or something, have some fun, right? But but bands that just go out to, I don't know about that. What do you mean? It, the band that go out for nostalgia every summer. I don't know how. I no, no, about.
1: no. It you know. You, I
0: guess it pays the bills. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I. I just. If Thelonious Munzer had had a hit, I don't think I'd be out on the fairground circuit every summer playing the Costa Mesa fairground. Warp tour. Warp tour. Well, War, Warp
1: tour is not really like a fairground circuit. <laughs> no, but what? No, but
0: you know, you know, every summer because you live the Costa Mesa that amphitheater. Yeah. Every summer the it's the same bands. If you look from 2013, it's the same bands that are announced this year. Yeah,
1: but it's always it's always X. It's, it's usually B- Psychedelic B- Furs. Uh, B-52s. B-52s. Right. Um, and a lot of those are like the, uh, some. there's some nostalgia acts that really, but like but X, I, I, X is a real band. It
2: was, it was only in Psychedelic
0: Furs just the last time. time. Psychedelic uh, Furs, Dr. Drew's favorite band I've, of all I've time. I've
1: seen them uh, a couple times doing, like they came around with a couple different Yeah, they did thing. the
0: albums. I like that. I went to the observatory. They did I the talk, went, talk, talk oh no no not and they did not psychedelic first x i saw do um the adult books album uh, wild gift wild G- and then the next night hungry wolf album the uh whatever the black covered record is they played the whole album the black i cover- love that like i'd go see that the black covered record i thought was los angeles no the third one it's got the hungry wolf on it hmm. under the big black sun
1: oh and and, the- and blue spark <clears throat>
0: Yeah, the first one's not my favorite. The second one's my favorite X album.
1: That seems to be
0: the consensus. Among Is it people. really? Yeah, I've been hearing it so, a
1: lot. Wild gift was. So, anyways, I you know I
0: just I am going. I went and saw. What did I go and see at the Hollywood I saw The Dead. Right. It was like even though Jerry's gone, even though it's been 30 years since I seen him, it was the same experience. And you know what? Something about The Dead. It was joyous. It's not really about the music. Yes, I'm it's, so glad you said that. It's about the people, right? You
1: know, and I, I have a lot of friends that are dead fans, and I don't want to take anything away from them. But I just don't get it. It's just not my cup. <laughs> I, I know a lot of what I like. A lot of people don't like, and I get it if it's not their cup. I don't say something sucks because I don't like it. I just don't get
2: it. You know, yeah. they got a new they got a new Grateful Dead station on Sirius, and um, I've been. Driving around listening to it, and it's very relaxing.
0: It's but it's super. But relaxing, being at the music, concerts is a whole. Nother I mean, I've never thing. really been a super Chrissy, fan. Chrissy didn't even know anything about the Dead, and she just goes, "Everybody's smiling. Everybody in this Everybody's fucking in Weed. I think I don't know. <laughs> well, smiling. And then, and then, of course, <laughs> We were sitting in the booths, right? And I was like, "Some mother. this is a lot of rich people dressing like hippies, right?" Because the tickets were like. Eleven hundred dollars. Oh. Uh, like they, these uh, ain't poor hippies. Worse than but, Bruce Springsteen.
2: I know. Jerry would be
0: sick.
1: <laughs> he would, he, would. would yeah? He? I don't know. I don't know that he was. I think he did enough dope that he wasn't caught up in the material. But they were all it.
0: dressed like they had tie dye T shirts on. They were all smiling and dancing and whatever. But you knew like. You pay fucking twenty two hundred bucks and you don't got any dough.
1: Were they were they the same people that were going to the Jimmy Buffett show the the week before? <laughs> I or don't know. Are parrot heads different than deadheads?
0: I don't know. I never been to Jimmy Buffett. You been to Jimmy Buffett? No, I've never been. So and I I've, I've seen the you know I hate to bring him up, but Bob Dylan, my all time favorite hero. I've I've walked out on him. I walk. I was at the Will Turn. I was just like I can't take anymore. I was at the Hollywood Palladium. I uh, was at the Hollywood Palladium I was like, I don't even know what song he's playing. I mean, I know every one of his songs. I have no idea what song this is. Must have been new. No, it's not. Nah, it's he just, just doesn't do them the way they
2: sound. Right. Right. That's been his whole thing for his entire career. He's but the sometimes lover.
0: he doesn't. I saw him in New Orleans one time. He played fucking straight up the greatest I'd seen in years. Right. So then I had this suspicion and th- th- I was talking to, uh, so somebody was really bumming out about the audience. I went and saw the other couple weeks ago, really negative. Oh, the specials! I went and saw oh. the specials, and that guy was so pissed. Like, it was sold out, nobody clapping, silence in between songs. It's like, and he was, he kept talking to the mic like this Is this on? <laughs> Hello, can you hear us? Is this on? right because la crowds suck they're so cool they cannot even go nuts yeah so then maybe it's that dylan just goes through the motions in la because the places i've seen him where he was the worst were the wilton theater the citizens bank arena here in ontario it was just unfathomable like he you i knew that he was playing like a rolling stone but it sounded nothing like like a rolling Hmm. stone But then I saw him like four years before in New Orleans and it sounded
1: awesome. Maybe it's his his way of protesting. Well, guess
0: what? I've heard from a roadie because I voiced this opinion to one of his roadies. And uh, maybe it's um, when Bob's had a little too much to drink. Oh. That he uh, kind of goes off off melody. (laughs) A little bit bit too much wine. (laughs) I don't think it's wine. Doesn't he have a whiskey company?
2: Oh. Yeah, no, no he has a whiskey
0: company Does Bob really? Dylan has a, What's it called? Bob Dylan's Whiskey? Yeah, look it up, yeah, Mike you I'm might not, want to How if I never heard of that? It's Bob Dylan Whiskey, you don't well, know I'm about I'm still that. drinking whiskey, I drink Bob Dylan Whiskey That's all Bob me. Dylan Whiskey Watch this I love Google and In these things, I don't like it for rehab Bob <laughs> Dylan Whiskey Heaven's Door Whiskey from Bob Dylan oh, oh my god You're kidding me It can't be good <laughs> It's got to be good. Oh, come on. Handcrafted. Heaven's Door is an award-winning collection of handcrafted American whiskeys developed in partnership with Bob Dylan. Himself. Doesn't have a Jesus in the bottle? (laughs) The perfect blend of art and craft. Oh, it wants my email address. Course. Oh my God! Let's get some. He's got some serious motherfuckers. Some and then it clicks onto a drink responsibly. Bob Dylan advises that you drink responsibly. Oh, if Bob and Dylan! Don't play bad kill- music <laughs> when you're drunk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but-
1: Wait, uh, can we get him to say to use fentanyl responsibly?
0: Yeah, we use, we use fentanyl
2: responsibly. This is Bob He's Dylan. He's not influential anymore, Chuck. No, I don't, I no, don't but think the kids so will hear him. You to thing. get like Billie Eilish or something.
0: So here's the thing. Yeah, Billie Eilish could say it. But so here's the thing. So I bring Chrissy to all these things, and she's just like, I get it that it was really good when you were saying <laughs> <laughs> her thing. Like... So on the way home from the specials, after torturing her with an hour and a half of the specials, I had to play her the specials to talk about how great the specials were. She was specialed out by the time we got home. Okay. Because they were so disappointing.
1: But, you know, like Rat Race was no good? Did they even they do Rat They did Gangsters
0: at the end. And um, they did
1: Ghost Town and they did... They didn't do Monkey Ghost Town. They
0: did, they did another ver- song of that era. They did monkey man. But it was I don't know. Which there was, was the just toots no energy in the, energy mails, in the no energy in the club. A huh. uh, club Nikia downtown.
1: So it was just it was it was audience killed it.
0: Audience killed it. And then so then we but we do go see like Billy Eilish or uh, what's the one we saw, the rapper guy. Um, Tyler the Creator. They're boring as shit. Kendrick Lamar, boring as shit. So right. to me. Like and but Dude, everybody's
2: stoned on the pharmaceutical weed, man. They're they're like just standing there staring into space. You know, there's
1: the new the problem dead. is right there. That's the new dead. There you go. You know, but
0: but so where is the excitement of music coming? I, I'm looking for it. The records that these people make are amazing. Tyler the Creator has a new record called Omar or something. It's just Igor. I it's amazing. You, especially if you listen to it with headphones, because I have cordless headphones now for my phone. Ooh. Yeah, I have Bluetooth. Elvis taught me. That
2: would be called that would be that would be pretty <sighs> much yeah, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna do a public service for all our, our listeners out there that are my age. So go into your settings <laughs> and there's a thing called Bluetooth, and get these Bluetooth headphones and push the button on the Bluetooth, and then it'll pop up and click it, and then put the headphones on, and then anything in your phone that you play sounds awesome ah that's how i listen to the amazon streaming have, with, have you watched? have you watched i just literally discovered bluetooth headphones good for like you a, I'm, three so, weeks I'm so ago. happy for you that's what all the people are walking around with the headphones yeah, on huh
2: yeah you know what i deal with at home like i have this giant fucking stereo in my front room right like sirwin vegas and this old 70s fucking marantz thing that's just way too much and I put a blue, because it's a 70s deal, I put a Bluetooth on it, so now I can play like prime music on there. And I crank it. My kids just like, they hide, man. They don't even like loud music. I
0: don't <laughs> get it, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, Dad, turn it down, turn so it down. So loud.
2: Maybe they don't
1: I'm
0: just like, like the music. fuck it, man. Everybody but, can listen so, to So So my take about music is, these artists are making great records, and a lot of them don't know that they're putting on a show when they play live. Right, Right? they think the video screen is going to do all the work for them. No, you do the fucking work, brother. Have you seen that? Have
1: you seen that songwriting competition show? I recorded. I I never watched them. I recorded one the other day because, like, uh, okay, it was uh, Jonas Brothers. They're there. There's three producers. They have three people come out and present songs, or five or six people present songs, and then they choose which ones they're going to work on. And the songwriters get to work with these different producers, and they show them go back and how they change words, or do this, or change where they're going to accent which syllable. Yeah, I saw. It. There's some word. girl on there, and, and and it was just like I was. I was like, I've never, I've I've been in the process of songwriting and recording songs and i've never seen it happen like that but it's no wonder people come up with the stuff they do because well
0: listen to this this is a guy named steve lacy i love him this music is great well stick it up to the microphone i have it up to the mic but the point being his name is Steve Lacey. he's a great hip hop producer, but he plays guitar, he plays keyboards. There's these what was amazing he playing there, a sitar, sitar yeah. Oh. And so there's all these amazing artists, but when you go see them live, they just they're like it's like blurred. They they're staring at their tennis shoes. Like yeah. there's got to be that you know, that's why Billie Eilish is this amazing star. She's going to be the biggest thing ever. Cuz she knows how to put on a show and she knows how to make a record. Right? And and she already is a huge star, Bob. She played Coachella. She's gonna be huge. Of course she's gonna be huge. <laughs> no, but she could because I don't I think Kendrick Lamar's hit his ceiling. I think I think live he just walks around and they play the tape of his song and he sings and and rock critics will make anything blown out of proportion. They blew me out of proportion, I can tell you that. So so <laughs> so I see what I see and I see this is not something that you're going to go see again or a third time. And when you go back to the nostalgia bands, people are still, for all, whatever you want to say, people are still going to go see The Dead, still going to go see Psychedelic for still going to go see X, because those bands know how to put on a fucking show. Right. Right?
1: It's human beings creating a big sound, and it's and fun. And it's
0: something to look at, and they're charismatic, and they're interesting. Like, there's no one more charismatic than X-Scene. Like just, I've gone whole shows and all you do is just look at her. Does she want, and you think a million things. Does she want to be here right now? (laughs) And and can she, can she sing? Does, does John just always kind of meet her wherever she is? There's just so much you think about, but she's mesmerizing. She's mesmerizing. None of of these artists that I've seen, except for father John Misty, are mesmerizing like that they make great records you're totally inspired to see them you go see them and i can't tell you it's not once or twice or 10 times it's a hundred times i've been disappointed by live acts of the last 20 years right right tom tom york radiohead was the last one i was like so excited to go see him the record had just come out and he fucking delivered right Right. i haven't felt that way about a band since the mentors (laughs) Right, no, but 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 <laughs> well, you know that feeling like, uh, like what I wrote Sammy Hagar Weekend about? Sammy Hagar Red had just come out. I loved that fucking record. I listened to it nonstop for fucking six months. And then I went and saw him and he played it and he was so cool and so great. And it was just one of the greatest moments of my life. I fear that the greatest moments of of this generation of music fans is listening to this on their phone. <laughs> They're never going to feel like that feeling that I saw when I saw Led Zeppelin. Like just the first time. So I saw Led Zeppelin two days in a row. I had waited all night. I had run into the, ba- the football stadium. I had stood in the hot sun through Hart and Judas Priest. You I thing. was drunk and tired and whatever, and then Robert Plant and Jimmy Page walked out. I levitated
1: you everybody I mean? did, yeah,
0: but there they are, there they are,
1: yeah, and, well, you know what they weren't accessible the way everybody's accessible today too, so it's like these are people you only saw pictures of or news footage yeah, but of. when they when when they, when, they, when
0: they plug in and Robert Plant puts his hand on the microphone and you hear. Down and and out, down and and out, and Jimmy Page starts, you know, Chuck Berrying with his Les Paul a foot from the ground across the stage. That's that creates electricity. When the video screen goes on and the rapper pops out of the video screen and he runs from one side to the other. Cool, it's, but it's not. But it ain't the same. gonna have it, it no. Have it's, that's like that's why. I and you of, know why it doesn't have the same thing? Because I'm at the concerts and I see the crowd reaction, and it's not the same as it was as it is to when the Rolling Stones played. Dan 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 dan. They used to start with "Start Me Up" for like five years, ten boy. years, and just the excitement that that creates. I hope new artists can start to realize: like, you're not going to have a long-term career. You're not going to make a lot of dough. Unless you can keep playing live.
1: And everybody bags on Kiss, but I'll tell you what. Kiss
0: knows it, how to it, fucking... It, it, Kiss don't it. even need to be there. It's a <laughs> fucking show they created. Hey, did you see the Rolling
2: Thunder um, thing on HBO? Yeah, oh, that movie. was okay, a show. So you see the part where he's talking about Kiss? Where the girl takes him to see Kiss? Bob Dylan? Yes. No, in a in... small club in Brooklyn. Oh, really? Yes. And he said, I think I must have stored that makeup thing back... Somewhere in uh, you know in my mind, which he's talking about when oh, he, put yeah, he put the face paint on. Oh yeah,
0: he put the face paint on because he saw Kiss in a club in New York. <laughs> yes, that
2: was very revealing. So, but,
0: but but Pete keeps talking about we're all obsessed with this Rolling Thunder Review, and if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. If you got Netflix, so you can watch good, it. Dude. So Pete's obsessed with the thing when Joan Baez dresses up as Bob Dylan and everybody thinks she's Bob Dylan and how they treat her. Yeah. And like that that's how he was treated everywhere he went, every second of every day. And what? she said it would <laughs> drive you insane because people just kiss his ass. It's, Could I get you anything? Do you need anything? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Do you need this? What do you need? Da, da, da. Right. Con- that she got to feel like what it was like to be Bob Dylan for like an hour. And she said it must be torturous because there's no genuineness. I bet there's no humanness. He was the most famous person on the planet.
1: Is that what you think? What happens to the Michael Jacksons and the R. Yeah, Kellys must and they it's just disassociating and you're not human not human. anymore,
0: yeah. And you just be, and so then full circle, how do how have the chili peppers stayed so sane? They've because of us, because of <laughs> yes. us. I'm telling you, I'm saying friends, one time when, when after 9 11. And everybody wanted to get out of here because I thought it was going to turn into you know, the West Bank. And so I said to Anthony, like, how come you live here? You could live anywhere in the world. And he, goes, he said, because you live here and Michael lives here and it, well, that's where we live. That, I don't think that's how the Michael Jacksons and the R. Kellys and the Freddie Mercurys of the world think. I don't think they have people in their lives that are like, yeah, this is my real world. I have that world too but this is the real world. And I'm saying that same thing that has saved them. You're
2: exactly right. Is
0: what saved me from becoming an Orange County rehab owner, asshole. It's friends, it's community, it's each other. Hmm. And that's what's sorely lacking in our society. And that's what social media cancels out. You don't need people. You don't need, you just need likes. You know what I mean? You just need to fight the negative comments about what you said, right? And so I I just can't emphasize enough, like, people need people. That's all there is. Barbara Streisand said it in 1961. People, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world and oh, then the other oh. part and the other part Ooh, is there. there are no people like show, show people like, like no people, people I know even that. when they're down they're always smiling <laughs> Goodbye. trying to steal that extra bow <laughs> no people like show people see you later grab some friends and <laughs> stick
2: around don't die <laughs>